Welcome to the Mini Break, your big podcast the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, November 11th. We all are well aware of the fact that 2020 is anything but your typical year, but I will also add this. Watching indoor hardcourt tennis in early November, the seasons are changing outside, it's hooded sweatshirt season. It just feels right. It does feel like we have some rhythm, some routine back in our lives. And, you know, as we all know, we got to take pleasure in the little joys, having this penultimate week of tennis, getting to see ATP, WTA action, challenger action in carry. Uh, It's been absolutely delightful. Hopefully you tennis fans have enjoyed it as much as we have here at Cracked Rackets. Of course, that's what we want to talk about on today's podcast. Going to break down the action in Linz. You listeners going to get to hear from Elisa Mertens after her three sets victory today over Annalena Kalnina. Of course, also want to break down the action going on in Sofia, talk a little bit about the Carry Challenger, and then, you know, just a general recap of the other play going on across the professional tennis world. Of course, the reason we're able to do this day in, day out here on our Cracked Rackets podcast is because of the amazing support we get from you incredible listeners who keep tuning in day after day. We are so appreciative of that fact. We're eternally grateful for the continued support we can continue to get from our Patreon uh, family as well. And of course, because uh, we are able to do this because of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. You go to MidwestSports.com. You're going to find anything you need from a tennis equipment standpoint. You're going to be able to deck yourself out with the finest rackets, with the best clothing, all of the best brands, everything you're looking for. Just go to MidwestSports.com. Use our promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off your order free. Two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75.00. And best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Midwest Sports, your one-stop shop for all of your tennis equipment needs. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. Of course, for the only tennis-specific energy bars in the business, go check out our friends at Aerobar. And we had such a great time getting the chance to speak with former world number four James Blake as part of our Getting to the Point series with our friends at Aerobar. If you haven't listened to that podcast, go check it out on our Cracked Interviews feed. And of course, the way you support our friends at Aerobar, go to aerobar.com, use the promo code CRACKED15 to get 15% off your order. All right. With that in mind, let's talk a little bit about the tennis we have here going on this week. Just going to be me steering the ship today. Once again, I will drag Jamie McDonald back on the show. And then I promise you, listeners, we have some really fun things planned for the offseason. Obviously, got to get through these last few weeks of tennis before we start to do that. But you're going to start to hear from a lot of different guests on these po- on this podcast, the Great Shot Podcast, Cracked Interviews Podcast, things we're really excited to share with all of you listeners. And of course, we already launched our college content series. You can hear the breakdowns of the University of Georgia, University of Michigan on our Great Shot podcast feed. You can hear our interview with Georgia head coach Manny Diaz. You're also going to be able to hear our interview with Michigan head coach Adam Steinberg over these next couple of days, just waiting for that green light from the University of Michigan Athletic Department. And by the way, in case anyone from the University of Michigan Athletic Department is listening, I'm a former Wolverine. Like, I promise you there is nothing incriminating in that Steinberg interview. If anything, we did a lot of shameless promotion of the university. So give them the green light. Let us share that podcast with our listeners. I promise all of you going to enjoy that very, very much. But with that in mind, let's talk a little bit about the pro tennis action we have here this week. And let's start out with our final WTA event of the season in Linz. It's kind of fun to get to watch these women play on the indoor hard courts, usually 
this is the Asian swing of the WTA season. So a lot of art, outdoor hard courts in China, in Japan, across that region. Uh, and I'm not saying that it produces bad tennis. I'm just saying it's rare that we get to see these indoor hard court matches. And it's really, really fun to see some of the power tennis on display, as some of you listeners may know, particularly here in the U.S. in January, February, March, there's a lot of indoor ITF action. You know, for as a Michigan man speaking of our beloved state, there's the Midland 125. 5k each and every year and you know so many great champions so many great american players have filtered through that event as they're ascending their way up the rankings and one of the players who i believe was a finalist this year in that event annalina kalnina who took elisa mertens the number two seed to the brink and then some in her first round match today but ultimately it was elisa mertens coming back to win this match two six six one six two now this was a really fun display of power tennis from Kalnina and in case you have not yet seen Kalnina you want to learn a little bit more about her she is currently sitting in the rankings I believe if memory serves me correctly uh, correctly number 163 for the 23 year old uh, Ukrainian she has a career high of number 107 but when it looks right it looks really really good and in that first set she jumped on the Elisa Mertens first serve she jumped on the second serve Mertens was struggling a little bit but it didn't matter because Kalnina was taking control of each and every point, just unleashing forehands, backhands, down the line, taking the ball early when she had her chance. She went for the big rip, and that's how she raced off to a lead in this match. Now, credit to Elisa Mertens, who was, I think, 55% on the first serve in the first set, 45% in the second set, then goes 65% in the third, and just started, you know, playing, uh, you know, uh, being a little bit more, dis- I don't want to say more disciplined because disciplined isn't the right word, but she just was more conscientious of what she was doing with that first strike, uh, that with that first ball, whether it would just be changing direction on Kalnina, going behind Kalnina if she caught her cheating over, just, you know, being more aggressive, changing up spins and elevations over the net and just using more angle than taking balls early down the line. She really did a good job of adjusting in this match, and, you know, that's what what you want to see from a top seed. Yeah, there are going to be matches where, you know, someone like Kalnina, who whether she played in qualifying or, you know, whether she played a first round match, Mertens getting a bye in this event. It's just, she has her rhythm. Mertens didn't. And what you want to see from a top seed, if they struggle early on, how do they adjust to that fact? And Elisa Mertens did a really good job of adjusting in this match, playing more down the center during the second set, just limiting the angles for Kalnina. And then when Kalnina tried to open up the court, that's when Mertens would go down the line or go short angle cross court, open things up for herself. This is a really good match from the 2020 WTA wins leader on the season, someone who is not currently in the top 10. And I talked about this before, but Burton's currently number 21 in the rankings, number nine in the race to Shenzhen, meaning she's accumulated the ninth most points this season. And again, I think a U.S. Open semifinalist, as I mentioned, wins leader on the tour. I think she was a top 10, borderline top five player in terms of consistency, what we saw from her, particularly since the restart. But just during this 2020 season, absolutely a step forward. And Again, this was a really tricky match for her. I actually had the opportunity to ask Mertens about her struggles with her serve, about adjusting to the level Kalnina showed through set one. Let's hear her answer. Westoff, roll the clip. Awesome. Thank you, Alex and Elisa. Congratulations on the victory. Uh, to look at this match, you numbers, and I think it's fair to say it was not your best serving performance, although you seem to rip the third set 
Was that something you were aware of? And, you know, what adjustments did you make in the third to make a higher percentage of those first serves? I think she was really attacking the second serve for the backhand. And I tried to, you know, put a little bit more body uh, or into her forehand. Because, um, you know, if it's second serve into her backhand, she goes down the line. Uh, and on the outside, she goes really cross court. So I tried to adjust that. I tried to, you know, get those balls back. I think I was reaching less um, when um, I was playing a second serve. But especially when I hit the first serve in, I felt like I had the advantage. And to stick with that thought, when you're playing someone who's going for such big shots from her ground strokes, what are you trying to do to disrupt her rhythm to be able to play aggressively yourself? Yeah, I mean, in the first set, I was a little bit everywhere and nowhere. Um, I was reaching a lot. She was playing. I, was, I wasn't giving any depth on my balls. So um, in the second set, I tried to, you know, look at it again and reach less, uh, don't go as far behind the baseline anymore, just, you know, cut the angles a little bit. And I, I think that's why, why it changed. So again, a really good win for Elisa Mertens. She advances now to play Vera Zivanareva in the round of 16. That's going to be a powerful display of tennis. Merton's going to have to do a lot of similar things to just disrupt the rhythm of Zivanareva, who if you give her time, she's going to tee off on the ball, certainly, but really good win for her. For Kalanina, that was an excellent display of tennis, and no, she didn't win the match, and in the end, I think her serve started to betray her as the match went on. She made 78% in the first set, 50% in the second set, 56% in the third set. It was just hard for her to keep her level up with the sort of pressure Merton started to apply on her own uh, return of serve and so I thought that was a really good performance but again Mertens advances and it was uh, you know a really fun day of tennis in Linz four of the seven matches go the distance you look at the other three set battles Barbara Krechikova surviving against Hreeth Minin a 5-7-7-6-6-4 victory for Krechikova who I believe now two three set for wins for her here in Linz she continues to survive and advance and hey that's the name of the game right if you can do that you are doing your thing. Krejcikova, just a little too much firepower for Minin in this one. Really good win for Ocean Doden. She upsets number seven seed Jill Teichman. Uh, one six six four six two. Super producer Max Ligner would say the curse of 6-1 strikes again. I would just say Teichman, her ball sits up a little bit, particularly when we're not on clay on the indoor hard courts. Doden did a really good job of identifying that fact, taking the ball early, going down the line, playing some offense, exposing the big swing of of the Teichman forehand. Overall, though, just a really good level of tennis again in that one. Doden advances. You had Sasnovich, your other three-set winner on the day, 3-6-6-1-6-3 over Fett in terms of your straight set winners. Nadia Podoroska continues her outstanding season. 6-4-6-4 win over Bagu. And I just want to say in, you know, I, I tweeted this out, but oh, always great to plug your own tweets, by the way. Do that as frequently as possible at Great Shot Pod. If you're not following, come on, come join us. Um, but anyways, you know, uh, I, I tweeted this take out. Sophia Kennan, the most notable example, but in Podoroska, in Faro, in, you know, uh, Marie Buskova, in Yulia Putin-Seva, you have some really fun, uh, Sarah Saribas-Tormo, some really fun counterpunchers right now on the WTA Tour, and it's a really nice contrast to the 
power of, say, in Osaka or, say, you know, Bianca Andreescu is kind of the best of both worlds when she's clicking, but, you know, the Sabalenkas of the world. It, it makes for really fun contrasts in style, and that's always leads uh, to more aesthetically pleasing tennis, in my opinion. I just think Podoroska, Faro, you know, the how explosive they both are on the move. It, it makes for some really fun, uh, really fun points, and Podoroska needed all of her creativity, all of her explosiveness to get through Begu. She ends up doing that 4-4. Four and four. Great victory for her. Kudermatova, who we saw look really, really good in Ostrava. 0-0 over Barbara Haas. How many pro matches go 0-0? Not many, so hey, great shot to you, Kudermatova. And then Ekaterina Alexandrova. Probably hyperbole. I think I said this on the last podcast. She's been one of the 10 best players in 2020. That's probably not true, but she probably has been one of the top 25. I would like to hear someone try and argue against that point, and I don't think they would be able to do so just between the restart and how good she was at the start of 2020. Five and one hit win for her over Gracheva as she looks to close out her uh, her season on a strong note. And you look at the action we have tomorrow, uh, some really fun play Across the board, you have Georgie Podoroska, Kurumatova versus Rus, Sabalenka versus Vogels, Vanareva versus Mertens, Kirstea versus Dodan. Of course, we are in the press room this week in Lynn, so hopefully we'll have the opportunity to ask some questions to all of the winners uh, of tomorrow's matches. Let's move on now, though, to the ATP side of things. Let's start with the 250 in Sofia. You know, if you're a Canadian men's tennis fan, it's been a top speed turvy year. You started out so excited about Felix Ogier Aliassim right at the indoor hard courts in February. I think he made back to back finals. Maybe it was even three finals in a row. I think it was only two, and you were just like, hmm. I think he's making the jump, and I was on that bandwagon as well. I still think he's making the jump. I said it before. I'll say it again. Anyone selling their FAA stock uh, at Great Shot Pod, slide into my DMs. I'll buy that off of you easily. Uh, and then, of course, Denis Shapovalov, semi, uh, quarterfinals of the U.S. Open, excuse me, five-set thriller with Pablo Carreno Busta. Probably really should have won that match. Strong finish, or, you know, follows that up with Rome. Then the three-set loss to Carbeas Bain, or uh, five-set, excuse me, lost to Carbeas Benya at the French Open stumbles down the home stretch indoor hard courts. You know, another loss by FAA here uh, today in Sofia. FAA, the only seed upset on the day, the number two seed dropping a 6 4 6 4 decision to, to Salvatore Caruso. And by the way, in the match, Caruso 31 of 70 on first serves, served 44% of his first serves and won the match. But don't worry, Canada, you're just fine. You're just fine. In Shapovalov and FAA, you have two guys who are going to be at worst, at worst in the top 20 for the next 10 years. And that's worst case scenario. I think both of them will spend, you know, at least two total years in the top 10 once you accumulate all of the weeks spent. And, you know, not many players get to that threshold. I think they're both going to be special. I think they can both do, by the way, way better than that. Uh, but, but you know, FA just struggled in this match. And look, there were only two breaks of serve in this one. FA suffering both breaks. Uh, Caruso saving all six break points he faced. And again, two and three in terms of conversion. So he ends up winning this match, but it just got sloppy at time for FAA. And, you know, the legs looked a little bit dead. Caruso did a lot of hitting behind FAA in this one, and he stumbled multiple different times. And, you know, the backhand was starting to spray a little bit wide. It got a little shanktastic, and, you know, that happens to him sometimes. But 
uh, it's not a concerning loss, in my opinion. Caruso has played well down this home stretch, and I think if you're an FAA fan, again, he did everything he wanted from a checkmark perspective during this 2020 season. Yeah, the rhythm was disrupted with the six-month layoff, and you know it's an unprecedented moment how it affects the development of some of these players. Time will tell, uh, but I think FAA is doing just fine. Credit to Salvatore Caruso, another Italian puts forward. Just another incredible win here down this home stretch of 2020. Clearly one of the biggest winners of this 2020 restart. Italian men's tennis, Musetti, Caruso, Sinner, uh, Sonego, uh, you know, they are on the absolute rise. And so credit to the work the Italian Tennis Federation is doing. Credit to Salvatore Caruso, a 4-4 four and four victory for him as he upsets number two seed FAA. Only one three-set match on the day. Number six seed John Millman, 7-5-6-7-6-2 victory over Jill's Jamie McDonald, Simone. I mean, it was a grind. If you like physical tennis, if you like 15, 20-ball rallies, go watch the replay of this match. I do like that sort of tennis. And John Millman just, he looks so confident down the home stretch. And right, he just won the title in Nur Sultan. But he feels, it, you can just see this is a guy who feels comfortable on the court thinking, I am as fit as my opponent. I am not going to lose this match because I am not tracking down every ball in my capability. He is not going to outfitness me. And that's always a good template for any player on two. And for John Millman right now, you can just see the confidence in the passing shots, the confidence when he's improvising in the outer thirds. I think his cross-court short angle forehand right now, and you know, he's got an extreme grip, but it is really landing and opening up the court for him, and he's played some outstanding tennis, so that's another great victory for him. John Millman, you look at where he will be heading, and we talked about this, I think, after Noor Sultan, but heading into next season, John Millman at number 37 in the live rankings. That's four off his career high of number 33, and again, if you're a 31-year-old, you're in the top 50, heading into a year with so much uncertainty, you don't have to worry about it. You can say, okay, when are the 500s? When are the Masters 1000s? When are the Grand Slams? Because due to my ranking, those are the only events I have to pay, uh, play. They all have very nice first-round paychecks, or at least usually they do, and I'm going to make a nice living in 2021, and to have that comfort, John Millman deserves it. I mean, no one has gotten more out of his talent than John Millman, pound for pound, and so credit to him again. Uh, good victory for him over Jill Simone, and again, it's not a world-beating victory. I'm not saying John Millman's coming into 2021 and going to crack the top 10. I'm just saying he's exactly where he would want to be in his career, and anyone with tennis aspirations would happily trade places with him. So, you know, great victory for John Millman. Great home stretch for him down this 2020 season. Uh, you look at the other victors of the day. Adrian Manorino, the man John Millman beat in that Noor Sultan final. Four and six victory for him over Gerasimov. Alex Diemenauer continues to look really, really good on indoor hard courts. Four and six win over Karatsev in our match of the day tomorrow. He's going to take on Yannick Sinner, who was a three and four winner over lucky loser Mark Andrea Husler. That match is a rematch one year to the date of last year's next-gen ATP Finals. Of course, Sinner straight said victory over Demon Hour on that occasion. I know Sinner's the favorite right now, according to odds makers, but I just love Alex Demon Hour indoors. And there's a coach who used to say, and I'm not going to say the coach who used to say it uh, because it's not a reputable name, but uh, he used to always say that in an indoor hardcourt match— you know, two out of three sets, there is no excuse for you to not track down every ball. There is no excuse for you to not hold up physically because conditions are perfect, right? You don't have to deal with wind and heat, and it's just a controlled environment. 
And is there anyone who you are more afraid of from a fitness perspective in a controlled environment than Alex Diemenauer? I just think it's so difficult to hit a winner on him. And look, his forehand, that backswing, Yannick Sinner is going to you know pick on that side, try and draw a short ball, get him to slice. And then once you let Sinner work his forehand patterns, you're in trouble. But is there anyone you like in an outer th- in the outer thirds of the court right now more than Alex Diemenauer? And I just think, while I do think Sinner can hit through him, I think he can break the Diemenauer wall down. I think Diemenauer comes out locked in in this match. I think he jumps on Sinner early on. I think this match goes the distance. I have no wagers in mind. I just want to watch it and enjoy it, and so that's going to be a really fun one. And, of course, our last winner on the day, Richard Gasquet, sliced and diced Jonas Fiortek. I just kind of broke his rhythm now, the young Fiortek, and I have to learn how to pronounce that name. I promise I will. Uh, He clearly has some really special skills. There's a reason why he's a Junior Slam champion. You watch the ball explode off of his rack, and there's a lot to be excited about, but Gasquet just got the ball out of the strike zone, broke his rhythm, and it was a really smart match from Richard Gasquet, who advances here now to the quarterfinals, and you look at tomorrow's matches uh, in Sofia. should be a really fun day of action. You've got you know all four quarterfinals slated to go. Elbot versus Manorino, Dimenauer versus Sinner, uh, Millman versus Pospisil, Richard Gasquet against Salvatore Caruso. Uh, it will be fun tennis, and of course, we will break down all of the uh, all of the results on tomorrow's podcast. With that in mind, let's talk about the challengers real quick, and we can start in Bratislava as we have the event going on there. It was a good day of results. Uh, and let's look at the winners now in terms of, you know, again, the, uh, the seeds who advanced on the day, the guys who continue to be seemingly playing really well down this home stretch. Uh, you got another victory today from uh, Tomas Machak, the young, ch- another young Czech star who's played really well. He knocks off three-seeded Camille Matrasek, 7-5-6-7-6-1. Uh, Matthias Borg, another guy who's had some really nice results. He knocks off Van de Sanschlup, 7-6-6-7-6-1. That match, exactly what you'd think between those two players. Max Martyrer, he continues to look healthy again. He works his way back towards the top 100 with a 7-6 6-2 victory over former Ohio, stand, Ohio State standout Blaz Rola, Sergei Stakovsky, three-set win over Sefillian, and then the former Texas A&M standout, a guy who was so good early on in this season, Arthur Rinderneck, really nice three-set win over a fi- uh, champion, finalist, I think he was a champion last week on the Challenger Tour, maybe a finalist, Liam Brody, actually now that I think about it, I think it was a final, uh, but Rinderneck, 6-4, 7 7-5 victory over him to advance to the round of 16, and you know they'll be finishing up the round of 16 tomorrow. You look at the schedule. You've got Viola versus Milojevic, Markora uh, versus Antoine Huang, Klein versus Giustino, Rusevori versus Rinderneck. It is going to be a good day of tennis. And then, of course, we've got my friend Mike Cation at Mike C Tennis. One of our cra- uh, of our tennis channel podcast network, excuse me, brethren on the call in carry for the USTA Pro Circuit Challenger. There uh, was a good day of matches. Now they were forced inside, so not too many live streams available to watch throughout the day. But you recap the results: win from Dennis Kudla, two and one over Wild Card Garrett Johns. Hard to say that was anything but expected. Uh, Galan, 3-3 win over Wu. Popko, 6-3-3-6-6-3 over Mitchell Kruger. Gabisvili, 3-set win over Ramanathan. And then Chris Eubanks receiving a withdrawal from Michael Moe. But the action continues in the round of 16 tomorrow there. I mean... 
Nakashima versus Alexis Galarno, perfect crossover between next-gen guys, college tennis guys, and guys with really promising futures. They play, uh, I think they are the first match on court at 11 a.m. Eastern time. You've also got Gunasuarin versus Jack Sock, Gabashvili versus Bellucci, Montiero versus Mikhail Torpegard. Bunch of fun doubles as well. It's going to be a really good day of tennis, folks. So, of course, we hope you are tuned into all the action and you will join us tomorrow as we recap all of Thursday's matches. Of course, again, if you have missed anything that's gone on in the professional tennis world of late, go check out our website, crackrackets.com. There, you're going to find our new show, The Deciding Point, where Jamie and I break down the biggest storylines each week in the professional tennis world. Of course, this podcast, The Great Shot Podcast, Cracked Interviews, and Inside Out Podcast, continuing to rock and roll. You can find Find all of them wherever you listen to your shows. And, of course, like, rate, subscribe, review, and share with your friends. It really does help. It means the word most, you know, the world to us. I wouldn't ask if it wasn't something we really appreciated and needed to happen. There are formula stuff. SEO is a word or an acronym I've heard far too often from Daniel West stuff. I know he is satisfied from an SEO perspective, I think. Or maybe SEO is something else. Doesn't matter. All I ask, again, please, like, rate, subscribe, review, share with your friends. The more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets, you want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out as always to our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westa, for the of an any job they do day in, day out, making all of this possible. Shout out, of course, as well to our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. Go to MidwestSports.com, use the promo code CR15, go to Aerobar.com, use the promo code Cracked15. But with that in mind, for our super producers, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, that's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.